Hi there, and welcome to another edition of DorkFest, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I am Dan Freemuth, welcoming you to another of our fun shows. We strongly encourage everyone out there to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you enjoy your podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or Stitcher. And of course, we always encourage everyone out there to follow us and connect with us on Instagram. We can be found there at dorkfest underscore podcast. Again, I am Dan, and I'll be moderating the festivities this time around. Bit of a new endeavor here in 2021, really kind of breaking new ground on DorkFest, the podcast. And for an endeavor that we are about to get into, I cannot do this alone. I need the help of the dorks. And thankfully, we are a full quartet this time around. Of course, any edition of DorkFest, the podcast, would not be complete without my brother, Josh. Josh, how's it going? What do we have here, Red? The Dorkfest Nation Army Band? Fella, you don't start podcasting at your age, you retire. Uh, th- this is a new vein for me of digs for Dan. Uh, sometime later in this calendar year, he'll be turning 40. Uh, but it's not like it's like next week or even next month. It's several months down the road, but I've been giving him the business for a few weeks already, and I intend to keep at it. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break from the Rise of Skywalker and move into this new vein of of letting Dan have it. I hope, hope everyone enjoys. It's nice that you're diversifying your disage portfolio. That's, that's nice. It's evolving. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And I, I especially appreciate the fact that you didn't even wait until six months out. You got started even even before six months. As, as soon as I realized. Yeah, right. As soon as you, <laughs> what you number did the, was approaching. Yeah, as soon yeah. as you ran the math and realized, oh, that's yeah. coming. Yeah. No, Which, I, I, you know, not my strong. I, I appreciate that. Not, not going to bode well for Josh's pointage uh, in, in these particular festivities. So we'll have to see. Of course, my other brother along for the journey as well. The second half of the J Boy contingent, Jordy, what's shaking? Not, not a whole lot. I, I do uh, appreciate you all. You know, moving forward without me this past week, I, I, I did have a, I had a wee bit. Yeah, it's it's nice to see that you you've recovered very well. Although, uh, as we are here in our Zoom conference for this confab, we. We do notice that razors appear to be in short supply in uh, the Jordan household. It's not so much that. It's more the masks, right? Like, I mean, the masks cover it up. What's the point now? Are you trying to grow your own mask? Clearly, we need to shift from the uh, Ace Hardware sponsorship to the uh, Dollar Shave Club sponsorship for, for, for the, new, the new year. Jordy, thanks for joining us on this particular outing. And, of course, the final member Last, but certainly not least, our cousin Gabe. Gabe, what's new? I'm very excited to be here uh, and do this thing today. I, th- I think it was a, a great idea on our moderator's part to get the ball rolling and, and some great work put in by the rest of the dorks to bring it through to here. And today, I'm either going to die a hero or live long enough to see myself become shifty. I'm shifty? You're not already there? Call it a full, call it a full embrace. boy. boy. Embrace, embrace the shifty, indeed. And, and so now that we've got all the dorks here and, and we're officially rocking and rolling, we can introduce the venture this time around. Of course, we, are, we haven't necessarily talked about it a whole lot in the past, but many members of this Dorkfest, the podcast contingent, are big sports fans. And the month of March is 
annually known for its madness. We have been long, big-time fans of the NCAA men's basketball tournament, the upsets, the buzzer beaters, the Cinderella stories, and the brackets. Who doesn't love a bracket? I'm pretty sure there are very few things in sports that I love any more than a bracket. And it got me thinking, we've got all these great college basketball teams that duke it out in a bracket. Why not put our favorite Dorkfest films to the test in a bracket-style competition? So that's what we're going to be doing over the next handful of shows. Now, it's important to note, we will not be crowning a champion this time around. No, an endeavor this daunting requires a minimum of three episodes. So tonight, all we're going to be doing is breaking down the bracket. We're going to be revealing the bracket, talking about potential upsets, maybe some seeding issues throughout the course of the bracket. We'll be breaking it down. This is our Dorkfest, the podcast, Movie Madness Selection Show. In subsequent podcasts, we will then be revealing how the field got from 64 films down to 16. And in the final edition of this three-part series, we will be voting live to determine the one film to rule them all. We will be taking the field from the Sweet 16 down to that final champion. So lots to get to, but just to provide a little background first of how we arrived at these 64 films. Basically, we started with a master list. There were 100 plus movies at the outset that potentially we're gonna qualify for the movie madness bracket. We all weighed in this film, absolutely yes, this film, no, that's on, on the outskirts. And because it was my initial thought to go down this road, ultimately it fell on me to select the 64 films and then to seed them. So I put together a mock bracket, which then the other dorks all took a look at, and they had an opportunity to adjust specific seedings here and there. Now, they were only able to adjust a couple because we didn't want it to turn into anarchy and bedlam. And I was actually quite surprised that there weren't many adjustments, only two that I recall, which tells me that, okay, the initial bracket was in pretty good shape from the get-go. So we've got our 64 movies. Now, the voting for how these films will advance, from 64 to 16, it will be done via email in secret ballot where only I will know the results. So in our next episode, when we go to 64 to 16, the other dorks won't know the results when that time comes. The email, the voting will be done via email to the three dorks on Dorkfest the podcast and to special advisors, of course, our fathers, who were instrumental in introducing us to a number of films that comprise the Dorkfest the podcast movie madness bracket. It will be done by majority vote. If there happens to be a tie, there's a very intricate point system where points are allotted and winners are crowned. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We already talked about how it's gonna take three episodes to get this done. So we've got a lot of work to do. Let's get right to it. But before we dive into our selection show and reveal the films that we will be, that we'll be competing in Dorkfest, the podcast, Movie Madness, we got to warm up here a little bit. We can't just dive right into the number one seeds and number one overall and any of that kind of stuff. So the warm-up question on this particular episode of Dorkfest, the podcast, it got me thinking. We're breaking down movies in a bracket-style competition. What other topic, though, would make for a very worthy Dorkfest bracket competition? Gabo, we go to you first. And I'm glad you are. This is because uh, I've got a half-decent one for this. This actually uh, comes to me via suggestion of uh, one of our said fathers um, who has been 
hearing about our plans for this and uh, I think has been interested to see this come to fruition. So what got him thinking and what I wanted to bring here was uh, we wanted to do something similar, but with songs, everybody, the six of us here basically each get an allotment. We know every, you know, everybody gets their fill. Uh, There may be a final vote to determine some eligibility um, to get to the proper bracketing number. Dorkfest listeners will quickly pick up here that I am the dork most lacking in the sports gene, uh, much to my chagrin over time, but these guys delight. But I thought, yeah, song bracket could be very interesting. I mean, is it just, you know, bands? Are we opening this up to soundtrack songs to make it truly impossible? Uh, It would be interesting to see even, you know, what top 10 songs you would sort of submit to the bracket in the first place. And very interesting, I think, to, in order to compare the songs and truly vote through which ones are the best ones, probably get exposed to a lot more music at the same time. So just sort of a fun group exercise, maybe lacking a bit in the dork factor, but um, not so much in the difficulty factor. I think plenty of Dorkfest tie-ins there. We've had multiple music-related episodes so far. And I, and I do like and appreciate the idea of being exposed potentially to some favorites of some other people that may not necessarily be favorites of ours. That, that could be an, an interesting wrinkle when you get suggestions from six people. It's not going to be your personal top 64. There's going to be influences from a handful of others. So uh, a very neat idea there, and one maybe we'll have to delve into down the road. Jordy. What say you for a future Dorkfest bracket competition? Uh, just to, to hop on Gabe's bandwagon really quickly with the with the with the music one, I, Gabe, I like what you said too about the comparison piece. Like I feel like there could be some very interesting matchups later on in the brackets between songs that may not be all that relatable. Who knows? You might have a matchup between Krungbin and Inagata Davida. Uh, depending on how how far down the the bracket road you go, uh, but but to, to bring it back to the warm up question, um, when I was thinking about this question, I immediately went to toys. Um, toys is something that you know in some warm up questions we've talked about a little bit on Dorkfest the podcast here, but I, to to my recollection, we haven't had a full episode really just devoted to the toys that we all grew up playing with. But I wanted to get a little bit more focused than that. Um, So I specifically wanted to go with a set of toys that are so magical, yet you can hold them in the palm of your hand. And I'm, I'm talking, of course, about micro machines. So micro machines, the idea here, we'd have the field of 64, all the different types of micro machines that you might be able to select from. And I've gone a step further. I've even created the four regions for this. So we could, you know, we want to get on this for next year. So the four regions would be the Star Wars region, the Star Trek region, the James Bond region. And then the one that I came up with last that I'm quite uh, proud of is the figurine region with several of the Star Wars micro machines they had figurines that came along with them and on top of that because I wasn't here last time so I'm trying to make it known that I'm, I'm trying to pull my weight this time I even came up with the top seeds for each of those re- regions so for the Star Wars region we have the Millennium Falcon of course for the Star Trek region I went with the Defiant um, for the figurine region we went with Han Solo on the Tauntaun though there was one source online that, that said that it was Luke but the coloring of the jacket was definitely too dark to be Luke I think it was Han and then my personal favorite the James Bond region, the Rolls-Royce Phantom 337, which I believe 
we had, but I'm pretty sure dad stored it in his desk drawer. Like it was a micro machine that we weren't even allowed to play with because our dad had such an affinity for it. So uh, maybe it's next year, maybe a few years down the road, but I'd love to see a March Madness uh, micro machine bracket. Jordy, back on Dorkfest, the podcast with a vengeance bringing his A game in his return. Do we do all points now for the warm-up question? We don't, which is why you did so well there. But uh, you know what? Honestly, Jordy, I'd give you a point for just having one answer. You, you, would, you would have won that immediately for just having only one selection. But I, I love the above and beyond with the regions uh, and micro-machines. I mean, who doesn't love playing with micro machines. And I think you're right about, about the Rolls Royce situation too. That was, that was always a, a little touchy one there that, yeah, dad, dad did not want that getting scooped up in the vacuum or, you know, lost under the couch. Uh, I also came up with regions for my potential bracket. They're not as clever as yours, but when I started thinking about, so I actually came up with this idea and then that's what got me to the warm-up question because I was like, oh yeah, this would be really fun. So my Dorkfest bracket competition would be junk food. So you've got the snack region, which is like your chips and your pretzels and your your cheese puffs. And you could have like, like you could have Cheetos and then you could have like the cheese puffs, you know, with, with the dust all over your fingers. Like you could have different, you know, offshoots of a similar item. You could have a, you know, a savory region. You got to have a chocolate region, of course. Reese cups, goobers, raisinets, three musketeers. You know, you have your chocolate region. But my favorite region would be the Christmas slash homemade region. Number one seed, obviously, cuppy cakes. But you get the almond stars mixed in. You get the poppy seed cake in that region. You get the Christmas time sugar cookies. So I think that would be by far the most difficult region. But I think a junk food dork fest bracket could be could be pretty entertaining. So three good suggestions so far: Gabe with songs, Jordy with toys, specifically micro machines, myself junk food. Uh, the irony there that the type one diabetic on the line is the one who wants the junk food competition. We'll just set that aside. Josh, how do you bring us home? I'm just sitting back here relaxing because you all have thought that your ideas were pretty dorky. Well, hold my Heineken because I'm pretty sure that only two of our listeners, perhaps two of our listeners, will have any idea what I am talking about when I say I want a bracket of the 64 best FGA names. This is the FGA is the Freemuth Golf Association founded by our dads and their brothers and sisters and their dad when they were kids as a means of competing against one another in, uh, it started as dice baseball and dice football. And as they got older, it transformed to the golf course. And these people, these characters who they invented became full-fledged alter egos at times. Um, and this whole thing has really taken on a life of its own, but the names are just incredibly fun sometimes. Fleck Gondorf is my original uh, 
golfer uh, and has become that sort of alter ego for me to the point where when Dan was naming regions for this bracket competition that we're about to do, mine is called the Fleck region. Uh, but some of the other top seeds that I was envisioning were Ricardo Bugadoon, Mel Urbanovich, and Scotty Carnoustie. Some in the mid-level could be Airy Strider and Nopar, and then the Dark Horses, who could be looking for uh, some upset potential, Schmoogie Larson and Hitball Far. Uh, this just gives you a taste of some of these names. They all have a little bit of backstory behind them. Um, the 64 greatest FGA names is my idea for a Dorkfest competition. That is beyond brilliant. And, and you're right. There are two listeners and two listeners only who think that's a brilliant Precisely idea. Too, yeah, and, and, right. <laughs> and yet, and yet it, that makes it entirely worth it. Who cares? Because that, that is awesome. And I mean, some of those names that you referenced are, have actually been golfers um, beyond just yourself as part of this Dorkfest contingent, right? Gabo, you, uh, you've been known to, to hit the links with the Airy Strider, right? Oh, uh, certainly, certainly. I've had I've had the pleasure of a couple of uh, golfing with a couple of those folks, in point of fact. Uh, but so has Mr. Gondorf. Gabe, I was trying to remember your other like classic guy besides Gary Strider, and I couldn't uh -huh. come up with his name for the life of me. You know, I I might be able to get another one of yours to be fair, but I might need it on a multiple choice question. Um, uh, Seamus Hawker would probably be Seamus Hawker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I knew I would know it. Yeah, sad. there's a couple of other ones, but yeah, the, the two the longest standing. Uh, players in the league, yeah, for myself, were Ari Strider and, and Seamus Hawker. Yeah, I, I only remember my my most recent guy uh, was Jameson Scoogly Boots, which which <laughs> in cl in classic yeah. me fashion yeah. is the name I come up with literally as I'm like driving my tea into the first tea box because I forgot to think of one beforehand. Yeah. He, he's a 16 seed. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going he is. down. Yes, but and. Uh, I, I do want to reference that, I mean, Nopar, he, he was retired a number of years ago because Nopar, he actually existed because that name was indicative of my golf game, that I had never like actually secured a legitimate par on the golf course. And then when that happened, Nopar had to retire. Had to retire. He can't go by just par. You know? No. Well, that's just ridiculous, Gabe. Why would you do, why would you do that? Certainly, we want to avoid any even appearance of ridiculousness. No, that's not what this podcast and our general endeavors are all about. So on that note, let's proceed to the serious business at hand, which is our Dorkfest, the podcast movie madness. Thank you, Mr. Scoogly Boots. So we are going to begin with our one point question. Now, we should point out that we are not going to break down all 64 films as part of Dorkfest, the podcast movie madness on this particular show. That podcast would be seven hours long, and I think we're all in agreement that sometimes our pods run a little long on their own as is. But what we're going to do is post each and every region to our Instagram. So if you want to see specific seedings, specific matchups, how each of the films rank in the different regions, how they could potentially meet in the rounds of 32, 16, and beyond, please follow us on Dorkfest, on Instagram at Dorkfest underscore podcast. All four of those regions will be posted by the time that this episode posts. So you'll be able to see everything that you want there. We're going to break down a number of the movies. So don't worry, you're going to get a very good sense of the field. But if you want to specifically take a look 
at the exact regions. We encourage you to follow us on Instagram at dorkfest underscore podcast. So for our one point question, we are going to be dealing with the top dogs in this tournament. Traditionally, when the bracket comes out, you look at those high seeds, the ones, the twos, the threes, and the fours. They're the ones that traditionally make it to the Sweet 16, to the Final Four, and eventually the title game. So in looking at the top four seeds in each region, which region is the most difficult? I'll set the stage by noting the top four films in each region, and then the dorks are going to battle this one out to see which region is the toughest. Each region has been named after or in honor of a member of Dorkfest, the podcast. We start with the Binky region. Now, I should point out the regions were not named based on the films. Like the Binky region is not necessarily just Jordy's movies. Each re- There's four of us. There's four regions. Each guy got a region. So the Binky region, the number one seed, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. The number two seed, The Hunt for Red October. The three seed is Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the four seed, the original James Bond film, Dr. No. In the Danil region, the number one seed, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The number two seed, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. The three seed is From Russia with Love, and the four seed is the 1985 classic, Back to the Future. In the Fleck region, the aforementioned Fleck region, the number one seed, Goldfinger. The number two seed, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. The three seed is Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and the four seed is Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. And finally, in the Shifty region, the number one seed, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. The two seed, Jaws. Interesting here, the three seed, another Spielberg film, Jurassic Park. And the four seed, in the Shifty region, another James Bond film, Thunderball. Those are the top four seeds in each of the four regions. And it should be noted that the general point of criteria when seeding these and thinking about inclusion, the line, and I'm going to give Gabe credit for this one, which movie would this quartet most enjoy watching? So use that as a general template when understanding how these movies were seeded, some higher than others. There's not a huge smattering of Academy Awards in the 16 films that we just noted because the criteria, again, which movie would these four enjoy watching the most? So we've broken down the top four seeds in each region. Now, gentlemen, again, for one point I put to you, looking at those top four seeds in each region, which region is the most difficult? Josh, let's begin with you. So I think right off the bat, I can just... I can't answer your question directly, but I can kind of chop the bracket in half in that I think it's definitely either the Binky or the Daniel regions. Empire Strikes Back, Hunt for Red October, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Dr. No for the Binky region, Last Crusade, Star Trek VI from Russia with Love, Back to the Future for the Daniel region. I think those two stand above the other two. I think in the Fleck region, Goldfinger as the number one seed. Goldfinger, I think, is a probably consensus number one Bond movie, but we spent an entire podcast talking about everything that's wrong with an awful lot of James Bond movies, and we mentioned Goldfinger in that podcast. So I think Goldfinger could get detracted some from uh, in the votes. Fellowship of the Ring, you know, was on my top five list, 
It was on Dan's honorable mention list in our My Generation bracket. It's, of course, one of Gabe's favorite franchises and favorite movies. I'm not positive how much support it's going to have down the line from people like our from people like my dad. I, you know, um, one or two jokes has been made at the expense of uh, Gandalf and hobbits uh, by him in the past. That could be hurting it. And I think Star Trek Four, while we all sang its praises in that podcast. It's it's definitely a step below Star Trek's two and six. So I think that Fleck region is a bit compromised in a few places. And I think the Shifty region is in a real tough spot because Jaws and Jurassic Park are so similar. Um, immediately, you know, in the, the way it shakes out in the second round or third round, one of those is getting knocked out. Um, and then Thunderball, I think, is kind of consensus fourth among the Connery bonds. So I, I, I think that brings it down there. I, I couldn't really pick between Binky and Daniel, but I think it's one of those two. I'll follow up with you uh, there, Josh, because I, I agree with your assessment. I concur, Doctor. The, the Daniel region, the Binky region are, I think, by virtue of the inclusion of a couple specific films above us. And it's not to say that we don't have a couple of, and not that they are ours as well. It's, it's got the strongest three seed. Raiders of the Lost Ark as a three seed 100%. is a monster. Yeah. that's And that I think makes the difference because the question is, what is the most difficult? What is the toughest bracket? Not what is the best bracket, not what is, what, not what is composed of the best movies. That latter one may go to the Daniel region with Last Crusade and Undiscovered Country, a, a movie we spent a literal entire podcast extolling the virtues of. That's uh, end from Russia with love. Maybe you know, if not Goldfinger, the other consensus pick, best Bond film. One A, one B. Yeah, that's really strong. Um, but uh, the Binky region comes out hard with Empire, keeps it going pretty strong with Red October, which is always a, a good favorite, a reliable favorite around here. Uh, and Doctor No, it's hard to shake a stick at too. But as you say, I think the the enormity of Raiders as a three seed is what looms largest here. I think that's just a really tough bracket. Now, I think this is interesting because, Josh, you started off your commentary by saying that there were two, two regions specifically that you felt stood out. And I agree with that sentiment, but I disagree with the two regions that you selected. In uh, fact, what? I believe that the two most difficult regions belong to Fleck and Shifty down in the lower right-hand corner of my little Zoom screen. Now, I, I must make it known that in the preparation for this film, like many of our listeners, that little uh, sentiment that Dan just shared a second ago, that was the first time that I was hearing it. So my estimation or my sort of um, delineation in terms of how I'm selecting these regions might be slightly adjusted by that. But just to, you know, if nothing else, play devil's advocate for these two different regions here for a quick second. If, if you look at the Fleck region, right, I think the thing that makes those top four seeds in the Fleck region, I think stronger than any others, is that you have four different films, each representing one of our major franchises. Now, again, Josh, you spoke about how Lord of the Rings would not be a major franchise for our father, but the other, you know, three dorks that are on the screen right now and then Gabe your father I think Lord of the Rings would definitely fall into the the major franchise within that quintet um and then you know 
on top of that, you have a Bond film in there, you have a Star Wars film in there, you have a Star Trek film in there. So immediately, right, when we're sitting down to think about watching a movie, we're going to think through, well, do we want to watch Star Trek? Do we want to watch Star Wars? Do we want to watch James Bond? Immediately there, you have one of, you have, you have selections from each of those. And then in terms of the shifty region, I think what makes that region really stand out is that for my money, you have the best Star Trek film. It's a, you know, it, it's a debate. It's a conversation. It, 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 it's a conversation between Wrath of Khan and Star Trek Six. But for my money, Wrath of Khan would get the vote. You have Jaws, which is just a, you know, phenomenal film, um, a, a, an all-time great, a classic. Jurassic Park, right up there. I mean, those are both movies where, without a doubt, I can say that I watch them at least once a year, and I bet that the other dorks on the screen do as well. And Thunderball uh, might be four out of four in terms of quality of the Connery films, I do sometimes think that it's one of the more enjoyable ones, if for no other reason than that underwater battle scene towards the end of the movie. Is it agreed upon that we're watching the entire movie, or can we just, can, like, are we entering Eclipse game with this, too? Um, so, you know, I think I ultimately have to say that even through talking through that, I still think ultimately those two regions would be really, really tough to deal with. Again, with the Fleck region, you have representation amongst all or at least four of our major franchises and just the overall quality of film in the shifty region, I think would make it really, really competition moving forward. Uh, some really interesting points raised and, and it's so fascinating to hear the varied opinions and for me, as the guy who ultimately seeded these movies, that makes me feel awfully good because it makes it seem like, okay, we've, we've got a real competition on our hands. And it was interesting because as you guys were making your points, I was, I was torn going back and forth on a variety of thoughts as well. I mean, I, you know, Josh right out of the shoot with the Binky and the Daniel region being the top two. I mean, I think, Josh, you're right. Raiders is probably the best number three seed, but I don't think it's the, the runaway that you seem to describe it as when you consider from Russia with love is a three seed. And we have at times in our lives debated is from Russia with love. In fact, the best bond movie, not number one seed Goldfinger in the Fleck region. And I also look at then the Daniel region and I love this movie, but I think back to the future is probably the weakest four seed in the entire field, again, when looking at it through the lens of which film would this group most enjoy watching because it's going up against those franchise heavyweights, Dr. No, Voyage Home, and Thunderball. I think sometimes the, the franchise favorites you know, might outweigh there. And to, to say the shifty region is, is clearly not in contention, I mean, yeah, I think Thunderball as a four seed gets eliminated like thunderball as a four may not even make it to the sweet 16 to be perfectly honest we can maybe get into that a little bit later on but i mean wrath of khan is a beast and then you're right the jaws jurassic park face off like only one of those can ultimately emerge out of that region but i think either one of them has a legit shot of taking down wrath of khan and then in the fleck region i mean if i was goldfinger I'd be shaking in my shoes because if the seating plays out, Goldfinger faces Voyage Home. And I, if that comes to pass, I don't think Goldfinger stands a chance, to be perfectly honest. So, Dan, I, I, I'm right. You, you just sunk your, uh, your, uh, your argument, and I'll tell you why. You're comparing 
the top seeds in the Fleck and Shifty regions to movies that are in the Binky and Dano regions, but that are lower seeds. And you're saying that these movies are practically equal. You're saying that Goldfinger is, has been more or less 1A and 1B with, gold, with From Russia With Love in the Dano region, which is a three seed. So right there, the strength of the Dano region goes way up with such a strong three seed. Star Trek Two is right there with Star Trek Six. Star Trek Six is the two seed in the Dano region. Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade. I, you ask me from year to year, which is my favorite Ra- uh, Indiana Jones movie? I'm going to give you a different answer. Raiders is the three is that super strong three seed, and I wholeheartedly object to Back to the Future being the weakest four seed. I think Thunderball is the weakest four seed. Uh, Thunderball is where you really start to get into some of the more absurd Bond uh, territory. And Jordan, you said it, you know, you feel like fast forward through parts of that movie at times watching it. Now, I'm ready to make a proclamation. Binky's region is the best. Empire Hunt for Red October, Raiders and Dr. No. Dr. No as a four seed. The, The original James Bond, where all of that started as a four seat un- un- unbelievably strong there um empire uh mike you didn't li- divulge this information dan but my guess is that if you had listed the number one overall seed for the tournament the way greg gumbel does on the selection show my guess is that the empire strikes back would have been that number one overall seed. so I- i'm ready to to hammer in my choice of the Binky region as the strongest with Empire, Hunt, Raiders, and Dr. No. I'm going to mostly agree with Josh again, but diverge slightly because I, I think ultimately he's right. The Binky region and the spirit of the question is, is the toughest region because if in the end, you, you know, you have to measure these films up against each other. You know, that's who they're going to have to get by to get, you know, there can only be one in each region because <laughs> uh, then there are also four, as I understand it. But let me know if I'm sportsing wrong. Uh, I think also talking about how many rings went to the elves, Gabe? And how many went to the dwarves? Well, okay, seven. And then, you know, some went to the fairies or something. Seven, three for the elves, three, three rings for elven kings under the sky, uh, seven to the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die. And then, of course, one ring for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. One Probably. ring to rule them all. What? <laughs> Thanks. Um, but no, just to speak to your, your seating mishaps too, uh, that's why I think the Daniel region is, um, and I agree, it's maybe a, again, a 1A, 1B in terms of weakest four seed back to the future of Thunderball, again, depending on whether it's personal or group dorky criteria. Um, I think there are different answers perhaps to that as well, but I think um, with perhaps one exception, and it may be a day of the week question, but I think Daniel's entire region gets blown out by the number two seed. You're going to make a proclamation. I'm going to, you know, go maybe a little early on a proclamation, but I am a heavy early favorite of the number two seed, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country in the Daniel region. And I don't know that there's another movie that could stand up to it at the end of the day. So that's why I think competitively speaking, yeah, the Binky region, there's some hard fights between them to our movies. I, I don't typically like to do this, but I think I am going to veer away from uh, the two cousins and one destiny 
in agreeing with Josh and, I, and I'm going to, and I'm going to disagree. I'm going to, I'm going to stand by my point that, and actually I'm going to even specify a little bit more. I'm going to say that it's not between Fleck and Shifty. I'm going to say that it is the Fleck region. And if we're talking about Dorkfest, the podcast, the, the most difficult region should also be given to the, the ultimate Dorkfest champ. And, and just to kind of solidify my argument here, I think the other way that I was thinking about this is, you know, the toughest region, the toughest region is presumably going to have the best one through four. Another way of thinking about that is these are the one through four that are most likely to get to the Sweet 16. These are the one through four that are most likely to beat the teams or in this case, beat the movies that they should beat. And I look at each of these different regions and, you know, Dan, to your point, I could see Back to the Future not getting to the Sweet 16. In terms of the Shifty region, I think, again, we've talked about it a couple of times. You have Jaws and Jurassic Park, which are very similar films. I could see one, perhaps both of them, not making it to the Sweet 16. And then going to the Binky region, I'll, granted, granted, this is difficult. This is a difficult call here. But Dr. No, Raiders, I could see either of those potentially not making I know Raiders, I know Raiders. I know, I know. That's ridiculous. Raiders is is an extremely, but you're also thinking about the bracket in totality too, right? Because I could see Raiders getting kicked out knowing that I'm still going to probably be able to watch Last Crusade when we get down to the final two films. But I look at the Fleck region. But I look at the Fleck region, right? Goldfinger, A New Hope, Fellowship of the Ring, Voyage Home, those four to me are the four that are most likely to make it all the way through to the Sweet 16. I, 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 I will give you this, Josh. I do think, so I originally said that I think it's between Fleck and Shifty. I'm leaning more towards between Fleck and the Binky region. Um, and I'm tempted to say the Binky region because, again, if our listeners know anything, it's that I don't typically win these things both the podcast and the original things. And I can't even think of what they're called. What, what do we do here? Ultimately, it's Dorkfest, and Dorkfest should go to Fleck. Josh, I'll tackle this one real quick because, Jordan, you did the thing again where I think you just proved us right by dismantling your own argument in the process of making it. All of a sudden, it goes from definitively flex region to, you know, I guess maybe it couldn't be Binky as well. You know what? Maybe I will say it is the Binky region. It no, 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 no. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. No, the only point that I was making there is that I was originally mistaken to say that it was between the Fleck region and the Shifty region. Now what I'm thinking is that the top two regions would be the Fleck region and the Binky region. But the top region, the most difficult one, and I'll stand by this, is the Fleck. Where you do make a good point, and it's a movie we haven't talked about much, is New Hope is a very strong two seed. Uh, that's so. That's so. Uh, I mean, again, Fleck, this is, there are no bad uh, necessarily regions here. These are all pretty beloved movies, or at least a couple of heavyweights in each. Um, but again, I think it comes down to another word you first used to describe the Binky region, Jay. It's difficult because we have to look at some of these relative to each other. Um, so if it is... And it's not just the totality, looking at the totality of the board, it's looking at the totality of the votes available and which way those are likely to go, you know, either depending on the day of the week or, yeah, again, the criteria used. If we are sort of sort of kind of sticking to what's going to be the most fun for the dorky contingent to watch together, uh, I think there might be a couple of consensus or compromise picks that maybe win the day, perhaps unfairly, but I think uh, 
that's toughest in the Binky region. I, I think it's really tough to weigh Empire versus Red October. I think it's tough to weigh Raiders versus Dr. No or any permutation thereof, depending on how that matches up. When again, I think earlier on, yeah, A New Hope may very well take the Fleck region. That is a, a huge two seed. And maybe also for what was said earlier, that Voyage Home maybe doesn't quite live up to some of the expert or some of the other treks in the same way. But the, the tricky one, I think, is Last Crusade, the one seed in Daniel. That's, I think, the other one of the strongest films out there. Uh, and I think that, too, is going to take down anybody in its way. So getting down to the final four is going to be an interesting process, especially there. And in terms of the Fleck region, I think the thing that complicates that region, I'm still picking it, is not so much the films as it is the potential people picking it. Right. I mean, we've we've mentioned several times that, you know, if our father had his will, we would not be watching that film. Well, but also by the same token, uh, you've got my father who increasingly, despite yeah the the prevalence of the first four Connery movies, is moving away from Bond later in his life. Our dad, too. And yeah, they get so some of these may be perhaps misleadingly high seeds, again, depending on who shows up to vote at what hour of the day. Something else I was considering are we factoring in special editions to these Star Wars movies? I, I kind of was, in evaluating it, I was kind of thinking that I guess I have to count the special editions because for pretty much anyone watching Star Wars now or for the foreseeable rest of my life, anytime I'm watching one of these movies, I'm watching the special editions. Now, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily doing that with the Lord of the Rings with the extended editions because that's pretty easy to pick which one you want but it's really hard to find those original theatrical releases for the first three Star Wars. Boy, I, I got them. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah no I have a I have um well I because I think I'm the only one that still uses DVDs. I, I have the DVDs movies. but mine are are very finicky they, they skip a lot. I, I've got them I've got them on VHS. Nice. And I still, and I have a VCR for reasons unknown. Uh, Josh, to, to your point, so just um, as the guy who sort of put this stuff together, I, I just want to clarify a few things quickly. Uh, some points that have been raised that I just want to make sure, you know, our listeners are kind of know, you know, pull back the curtain here a little bit. Um, as it relates to Star Wars Special Editions, Lord of the Rings Extended Edition, I will be completely honest and say that I had not considered one version or the other um you know my enjoyment my nostalgic enjoyment of watching star wars began with the original versions which yes admittedly unless you're going to watch a grainy vhs copy to your point you can't find anymore uh, i don't think that the special editions detract so egregiously for those original three that it, it does be- return of the jedi which is not on these but Let's say maybe in Jedi. Yeah, that one has some pretty rough stuff. And that's fair. And that may be, to your point, why it's not among the top 16. Um, And and that could bake into a conversation we're going to have here shortly. Um, Josh, you mentioned uh, the belief that while, while overall number one seed was not revealed at the front, you suspected Empire Strikes Back. You suspected correctly that in my head, I had that as the number one overall seed, the Gonzaga of our Dorkfest movie madness bracket, which was why I put Hunt for Red October in that region, suspecting that to be 
the lesser of the two seeds. And Gabe, you touched on a belief that, you know, maybe Indy and Goldfinger were, were sort of the one B to the one A that were Empire and Wrath of Khan. That is also correct. In ranking them, the number one seeds, I figured Empire as one, Wrath of Khan as two. I had Goldfinger three overall and Last Crusade as four overall, which therefore meant the highest, the strongest two seeds needed to go into the Danil region with Last Crusade, which is where Star Trek VI ended up, and then also in the Fleck region, which is, Josh, to your point about the strongness of the two seed in A New Hope, that's why that ended up there. So just to kind of let our listeners, you know, into some of the background as to how all that, how that seeding went into play. So just just so I've got this clear before we dole out pointage here for the one-pointer, I've got Josh on the record with the Binky region, Gabe on the record with the Danil region, and Jordan on the record with the Fleck region, correct? Oh, I'm going Binky. Gabe, you're going Binky region as well. Yeah, as as the Danil one is, I do think in terms of sheer interior toughness, the Binky region wins out on its fourth. Down on the low post, uh, Marco Ramius, you just can't beat him down there. The big fella. All right, so with, with that information, I am prepared and ready to dole out our very first point. And Jordan, I, I really strongly considered giving it to you because of what I thought was the best single point made in the round, and that is if one region is to take it, it should be the region named after the guy who routinely takes all of our dork fests. And that would be, of course, the Fleck region. But ultimately, I am given the point to Fleck himself because Josh was the first guy to put his flag in the ground. There was a lot of deliberation at the beginning. It could be this, it could be that. We went around the horn. Everybody had a turn and nobody put their flag in the ground until Josh did with the Binky region. His one point is supported then by Gabe offering up two options, but ultimately siding with the Binky region. And Jordan, thinking Fleck and Shifty, and then ultimately retracting and going Fleck or Binky. And so Josh, being the first guy to to really support that Binky region, and I think in looking at it, that probably is the right call. Um, So Josh, congratulations. The first point goes to you. Thanks, Dan. I'm just really relieved that you, you gave me this point. I, I really didn't know if, if, if you didn't give me the point, if I could take that kind of rejection. Fleck, you are my density. <laughs> I mean, my destiny. Maybe, this, maybe our, all of our collective destinies yeah. is to do this ridiculous exercise. Okay, so the one point has been dealt with, and that was dealing with the best of the best of the best, sir. The top seeds, the ultimate top 16 movies, but we all know no March Madness is complete without its fair share of upsets. And I suspect that our Dorkfest movie madness is going to pack more than a few upsets throughout the entirety of the tournament. But for the two-point question, we are looking just exclusively at potential first-round upsets. So we don't need to project into, well, these two movies might meet in the round of 32 or the Sweet 16 or so on, because I think there's there's plenty of meat on this bone when looking at first-round matchups that could result in seeding upsets. It's important to note, we're just looking at seeding upsets. Somebody may offer up a movie or a potential upset, and the listener could be like, well, my goodness, God, that's not an upset. That's a way better movie. 
We're just looking at what would be considered a seeding upset. So I'm looking for each of you to identify two first round upsets. Jordy, let's begin with you. I, I love that you're going to me first because um, I, you know, we were actually just talking about this film um, towards the end of the one point question. Um, and this is the film that for me is going to be a first round upset. And that's going to be Return of the Jedi, which I think is going to be taken out by the 12 seed Infinity War. Um, a bit of a diaper dandy, if you will, coming out in 2018. Um, and, and to me, this really comes down to when I was thinking about these movies advancing, I was actually kind of thinking through them in terms of basketball terms, right? I was thinking like, okay, does the film have that like one standout star that is just going to be unbeatable and is going to take over the game? Or do they have kind of the collective team that is going to be able to withstand something like that? And when I look at these two films, I look at Infinity War and and I see this as being, and you know, Gabe, I think... uh, I hope that I have perhaps a little bit of support here from you. With Infinity War, you have, you know, Marvel's first of two really, really successful um, shots, if you will, um, at combining all of these disparate stories in a way that cinema hadn't really seen before, right? You know, I was thinking about Infinity War and I was trying to compare it to other franchises and basically be as as if you, you know, if you take like the Batman series, right? Batman has a movie, Robin has a movie, you have a bunch of different villains that have a movie, and then they put that all together into one film. But you don't see that. Um, And Marvel Studios attempted to do that with with Infinity War, and they did it extremely successfully with Infinity War. And then I look at Return of the Jedi, which, granted, is an enjoyable film. It's a great film. It's one of the original trilogy. But of the original trilogy, it's definitely three out of three for me. So I I compare those two movies, and I just think Infinity War definitely has what it takes to take out Return of the Jedi in that first round. Um, In terms of another upset, I won't talk about it quite as much. Um, I could also see... in the Binky region, I could see the 11 seed Star Trek First Contact taking out um, Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Um, and it, it hurts me to say that because Two Towers, it's not Fellowship of the Ring, but it is really, really, really good. Um, but Star Trek First Contact, I mean, it's definitely the best of the next generation films. And, you know, I was comparing it to the other um Star Trek films that were seated in there and you know Star Trek 3 is seated as a 7 seed I believe yeah um and 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 to think that first contact is four different from that I, I feel like that seed and I know we might get into that in the next question a little bit um but I feel like first contact is just a really really strong 11 seed and then might have the potential to take out um Lord of the Rings two towers as a 6 seed Jordan, I think that uh, that six v eleven two towers versus first contact is uh, a great call um, because again I had it noted myself as well. Uh, I think that is I think two towers is definitely threatened uh, depending on how the voting block shows up any particular time. Um, and I, I feel your Return of the Jedi versus Infinity War struggle as well. I think that could be. I mean, I think for most of these, I know which way I'm voting at this point, so as not to reveal anything on this here podcast. Um, but just generally speaking, it is, these make you think, and some of the questions you didn't expect to help you get through life, like Return of the Jedi or Infinity War, who you got? These are the important things, folks. You're not going to get anywhere but Dorkfest the podcast. Um, I'll continue on, uh, just to add on, I, uh, 
for me, I identified another uh, 6V11 that was, I, I think, uh, <laughs> actually kind of related to your uh, other point, Jordan. I think um, Endgame versus Skyfall. Uh, I think that is very much, for good or real, I think Skyfall has a great chance. These two-syllable subtitle films have a really good, uh, Skyfall has the better chance to maybe take down Endgame. Uh, as much of an achievement and an experiment as Infinity War was that you pointed out, Jordan, Endgame is the climax and the cap to all that. It's got to be the payoff. But um, that aside, Skyfall is a, a really strong latter-day Bond film. We're talking about, I mean, these are, it's maybe the newest pairing on the list. I don't know if, of the most recent movies on here, this is probably the fight. Um, interesting to note too, that they, uh, they both made it fairly highly up there. Uh, I think your point too, about first contact being a strong 11 seed is there. I think it applies too to skyfall. I think skyfall is going to have some support even down there among the 11 seeds that uh, end game may, may not. In fact, it might not be one of those 14 million 65 alternate futures that Dr. Strange saw that help him got through the day. Be one of those 14 million 64 futures that Doctor Strange saw, in which they did not win over Skyfall. Is he talking about Doctor Strange Love, the, the Peter Sellers movie? Yeah, where the um, I'll the be talking about that movie later. Where a magician is in charge of uh, all the world's nukes. I definitely agree with Gabe. I think uh, Endgame is going down. Another one that I want to point out is the mind-boggling matchup of this entire bracket for me and that is the fourth seeded dr no getting paired against a 13 seeded north by northwest the alfred hitchcock classic i think north by northwest has a tremendous chance to knock out dr no we've already talked about james bond's waning popularity uh in in our group um and North by Northwest, it's Cary Grant, it's Eva Marie Saint, it's James Mason. I mean, this is, like I said, it's a classic. I I really think that that's a, a that as a 13 seed, um, that has a strong chance to advance. Um, and the other original one for me that I'll mention, you know, you always got to pick a 12-5. The 12-5 that I will point out that hasn't been mentioned yet, I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service has a chance to, to beat the rock. I, I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service is a, uh, as I, you know, contradict my previous point of, of James Bond's waning influence, I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service is a movie that certainly I'm enjoying more and more the last few years. And the soundtrack, the score to that movie is, is really up there in the top two or three Bond scores ever. I think that could propel it to victory against John Patrick Mason, General Sir. Josh, this is great. I have, that's the other, I have a 5v12 written down as well. And similar to overlapping with Jordan there, my other one was The Rock versus Honor Majesty's Secret Service. As you point out, that's a fascinating matchup. It's almost Bond on Bond. Um, right, yeah. It's it Bond's Zimmer. replacement versus Bond's retirement. Yeah, it's it's Hans Zimmer versus peak John Barry. You know, I mean, there's a lot of interesting, and it's uh, such a great point, too, that Honor Majesty's Secret Service, weirdly alone al among the Bond films, has kind of enjoyed a weird ascendancy in later years, I think, from being kind of the overlooked dark horse of the franchise. It, it really has been um, given sort of a new look these days. I, I think you're right. That's, I think The Rock may be a, a shaky five seed and Honor Majesty's Secret Service could be uh, a real contender of a 12. Your point about North by Northwest is also very well taken. 
Yeah, Josh, I, I think you do make, I mean, that North by Northwest is a 13, I think is potentially the lowest seed that's got a real shot in the opening round. I, I mean, I think based on our conversation moments ago about those top 16 movies, we kind of nitpick them and pick them apart a little bit, but we love, like love, love, all caps, those 16 movies a lot. It's gonna be real tough to kind of upend one of those, but I think you're right, North by Northwest, could be one. That was one that I I had mentioned. I had at least outlined in my notes. I'm with you. There's always a 12 over a five. The one that I picked, and I, you know, I don't know that you guys are necessarily going to agree, but I think Air Force One has a real shot over Casino Royale. Uh, it's Harrison Ford against Daniel Craig, and you know what, Daniel Craig. You know, it's like, what have you done for us lately? And the answer is not a whole lot because we're still waiting for that other movie to come out. So it's out of sight, out of mind. But we always love Harrison Ford. Get off my plane. I mean, Casino Royale is great. But again, depending on the time when you vote for these movies, I mean, if it's a Sunday afternoon when I decide to cast my ballot and it's raining outside and I'm in kind of one of those cozy Sunday afternoon moods. I think Air Force One has a real shot as a 12 over a five against Casino Royale. I then, and I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to fire in kind of rapid fire, some quick ones at the end, if you want to throw them in there. So I've got two 11-6 matchups that I think are very, very dicey for these six seeds. The first, and Josh, you may want to cover yours for this one, because I think a league of their own has a real shot over Ghostbusters. It's baseball season. Spring and summer are coming. Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan. That is a phenomenal film. I think Ghostbusters could be in trouble. And the other one, because there aren't many comedies on this movie bracket, and this I may want to cover my ears for this one, Field of Dreams as a six seed, I think is in big time jeopardy against the 11 seed, Big Lebowski. We're going to talk about maybe some missed seedings or some snubs in our three point, not to spill the beans, but I think the Big Lebowski as an 11 seed, very dangerous. Well, make up your mind. Is it the season for baseball movies or is it not? To, to your point about baseball movies, I think the natural could take down Star Trek for the voyage home. The natural is in here as a 13 seed. Um, I, I just want to go over your four 13 matchups if I can, just to see what a screw job voyage home and Dr. No got. Dr. No has to go against North by Northwest. As I said, uh, voyage home has to go up against the natural tremendous Robert Redford baseball movie back to the future. Dan's favorite gets to go against Octopussy as a 13 seed. Give me a break. And Thunderball gets uh, Force Awakens, which is, you know, is, is you know, to, to pull it back to the future quote, you know, it's kind of cute and all, but, uh, you know, it's really not that great of a movie. Um, I, right. I think, hey, I think disparity in those matchups is, is wild. I think those two 13 seeds in the top portions of the bracket, uh, our menaces. Yeah, but we're, we were all in agreement that Octopussy deserves to be in there. It is the number 
at worst, yeah, so, it is so, the number two Roger so Moore Bond movie. Put it down on the 15 line instead of Catch Me If You Can. Or, yeah, but that's not like a franchise. I mean, I'm with you. You've, like, got, you've got Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, as a 15 seed. Isn't Octopussy the Star Trek V of the James <laughs> Bond franchise? I, I'm prob- bleeding into the next question. That's but. probably a fair. That's probably a fair analysis. Um, you yeah, know, and I just want to make it known really quickly that I'm not going to question the integrity of your seating. I'm not I questioning pre- the integrity. I'm questioning the intelligence. Yeah, I knew he was going to go oh. there. I appreciate that, Jordan. Jordan, the floor is yours. Any other potential upsets that you'd like to throw out? Feel uh, free to toss it. <laughs> In the typical Jordan fashion, feel free to throw out as many as you'd like. Oh, goody, goody. Um, it, you know, Dan, I'm actually going to hop on your bandwagon. I also have a league of their own, potentially taking out Ghostbusters. Um, similar to what I said earlier, you know, I think a league of their own is one of those films that, you know, that film is so many things. It's, it's a serious film. It's a social commentary. It's a comedic film. It's a baseball film. There's so many different things that that film does. And if you're asking me to pick those two, I'm going to ask, is it Halloween? And if it's not, I'm going to pick a league of their own, a couple other ones. And I don't really call these upsets because one's a 10, seven, the other one's an eight, nine, but I'll throw them out there really quickly. Um, the 10, seven, uh, the Departed, I think, could potentially take down Star Trek Three. You all know that The Departed made my list in terms of films of my generation. And in terms of Star Trek Three, as a seven seed, you know, kind of comparing that to where I was talking about First Contact is, you know, that might be a little bit too high if we're counting First Contact as an 11. You know, there's a little, little bit of movement there. And then the last one... Um, is an eight nine seed so this is kind of a toss-up already but in terms of this specific matchup it's not a toss-up for me at all and that's the last jedi just making mincemeat out of oceans 11 i think oceans 11 doesn't have a chance in that first round matchup uh, i i noted a couple of eight nines myself just uh out of curiosity jay and that one also was on my list i think uh i think oceans 11 may itself get fairly easily heisted right out of the bracket yeah, Ocean's Eleven is going to be like Snoke in that throne room scene. Is that just like George Clooney slumping over? Yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah. Although he, you know, he, he, I guess, you know, Snoke with a beard, that could have worked. We'll have to wait for episode 10. Uh, for me, I think I've only got one other on there the, yeah, that, that isn't perhaps not considered an upset. And I'm a little worried because I have to say that by and large, uh, comic book and or superhero films are, are going to have a really tough go of it here in the first round. But one I think has maybe the best chance, I'm, I still don't think is 100% on firm ground. I'm a little concerned about 5v12, the Dark Knight against the Untouchables, because I'm just not certain where the votes truly go in that one um, beyond a certain point. There's uh, a couple of great points between the two films. Uh, each film has, you know, at least a couple of great qualities. Um, each film has a, a best supporting Oscar uh, actor win to its name. Um, some pretty remarkable performances there from one of our favorites and from uh, somebody who probably would have continued to be one of our favorites. It, it's a tough question. Um, I think it's just going to come down to a few factors, but I'm a little worried for the Dark Knight, which otherwise I thought had maybe the best chance of going a bit of distance anyway, if not the entire distance in this year tournament. Dave, I had that one written down as well. 10-7, I think Born Identity could beat Rogue One. 
Uh, and the, the, the last one that, that I would, you know, if, if I were in Vegas, I, I, I would throw a fiver on it uh, and, you know, just see what happens. Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes is up against Star Trek Two. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying it could happen. I think that's the one, I, that's, that's a 16, right? I think that's the one 16 that has a chance. Yeah, I can't tell you you're wrong. I, I simply cannot tell you you're wrong. That would be a bigger upset than when Virginia actually lost to a 16 a few years ago. Which I predicted. Maryland, Baltimore County. Yep. Yeah. That would really be something. I should, have, I should have just typed it as Planet of the Apes and let you guys decide is it Charlton Heston or is it, is Mark, it Mark Wahlberg? Wahlberg? <laughs> yeah, and just let the voters choose. I think the reality is that all of the potential upsets that we outline do have a possibility of happening. I will disagree on the last one, John. I, I mean, you're right. The odds that you'd be getting on a 16 over a one, it's worth the fiver if you think there's a chance. But the 16 seeds, I mean, they are what they are for a reason. It's Planet of the Apes. It's Independence Day against Goldfinger. It's Moonraker against The Empire Strikes Back. And it's The Rise of Skywalker against The Last Crusade. And we all know that I enjoy The Rise of Skywalker, but I have enough integrity to rate Rise of Skywalker and seed it where it deserves to be seated. And that is to have its brains blown in in the opening round by Last Crusade by a minimum of 35 points. Uh, but I think, you know, all these other upsets, I, I think there's a very real chance that this bracket is going to get blown up right from the get-go. And that's what makes for the madness. And it's going to be fascinating to see how this all kind of comes down. We come down now to needing to award two points for this particular question. And I'm tempted to give Josh the two points because he threw out the most risky and what would be seeding-wise the biggest upsets. He threw out the 13 of North by Northwest. He offered up a 12 over a five and then even, you know, had the onions to suggest a potential 16 over a one. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, Gabe really tempted to give it to you because I think you threw out, um, you know, the idea of Skyfall over Avengers Endgame, I think is probably the, the, the juiciest potential upset in the opening round. When you think about the voting contingent and how that could go down, I think you might be onto something. But Jordy, you get the points, big man, and you get them because you threw out some good suggestions, but ultimately you said that you would not nitpick and call into question the integrity of the seating process. And that's the kind of buttering up and rear end kissing that we adore here on Dorkfest the podcast. Damn right. Going to be kicking names and taking ass not a boy not a boy family friendly show remember so good work there jordy so jordy with two points josh took the opening point but now we're on to our three-point question which means of course it is anybody's game and we've we've teased this notion at least a little bit our final question tonight for three points simply put which movies got snubbed in any march madness bracket there are teams that get snubbed they're left out of the tournament altogether, or they're seated much lower than they deserve based on their body of work. And Dorkfest Movie Madness, it's no different. There were teams left on the cutting room floor. There are teams that are seated way too low. 
So simply put, gentlemen, which movies got snubbed? Uh, Dan, I'm happy to start us off here. And um, I guess I sort of got one of each, at least, to, with respect towards something that's maybe seated too low and, and maybe what was a missed opportunity from the big board here through to the, to the bracket uh, that didn't quite make it. Um, Josh has already pointed out a couple of a, a number of great films that have uh, potentially been seated too low have already been mentioned. Uh, there's just one other I want to throw in there, adding to my adding to my gripe about my superhero movies. I think uh, I do think the Infinity War draw is a little low for it. Just considering, not necessarily in and of itself, but just considering that by contrast, Endgame is seated rather, I'm happily for me, pretty high at number six, and Guardians of the Galaxy is number ten. And I know that's a popular film around here too. I just don't think Guardians beats out Infinity War just for you know my particularly dorky money. Um, but again, I, that's not a great sort of based on the merits of the film edit like Josh, is a, like Josh was saying about North by Northwest. This is just Gabe not getting you know a, everybody liking his superhero movies. So that's totally fine. Missed opportunity, though, I, I do think there's a couple. One I want to bring up uh, with respect to Planet of the Apes, successful 16 seed though it may be, there was no inclusion of, um, I know we discussed it, but I still sort of lament none of the new uh, Andy Serkis era apes movies making it onto the list. Uh, there's a lot of quality work in there, especially um, as the films continue on. Uh, probably Dawn is better than Rise and War might yeah, still be arguably better than Dawn. So one of those might have been fun to see up here, uh, perhaps on another bracket. Pirates of the Caribbean, I know we bandied about. I know that's kind of another maybe outer ring franchise favorite, depending. But um, uh, I know also that was sort of uh, not uh, brought up in time to make the board. And for me, I guess one that I think was on the board and didn't make it on here. And I, I know it's, again, kind of a sleeper hit among the dorks. But I miss Blade Runner off, uh, off the bracket. That, um, that's maybe my North by Northwest here is uh, of a legitimately good film that has some dorky connections in, in Harrison Ford and, um, you know, some other great sci-fi that uh, would have been neat to have seen matched up here. But uh, I do have to say, and I'm not trying to cherry pick from Jordan's points tree over here, but uh, I do not and did not envy you the task of setting up this bracket and, and the fact that, yeah, I, I found comparatively few holes to pick non-sports guy though I might be. Uh, it was a monumental task, and, and I think pretty fair with respect to all those films themselves, even if, yeah, maybe there is a bit of a collective weighting toward uh, dorky franchise films. So Game's right. The, one to 64, this is a really good bracket, and I've been nitpicking quite a bit. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's the fun of it. Um, oh, absolutely. So th there are, It's also what you do. There, there, there is that element as well, certainly. There are two movies which I really wanted to be on here, but I, I'm not totally considering them snubs because I think there's one that I like leaps and bounds above everybody else, and there's one that I think maybe Gabe and I like way more than everybody else. Dr. Strangelove, I already mentioned, and Chariots of Fire is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I know our dad especially loves it too. Um, it was also our, our, our grandfather, one of our grandfather's favorite movies, or, or at least that, that's what my dad, that's what our dad says, is that Poppy liked it. So I was kind of hoping that that would get it, but I totally understand that one not making the list. There's a lot more movies that the whole group enjoys um, that deserve to be on here. I looked at this question as sort of like, what was seated too low? But I also thought like, 
what got a raw deal? What got a bad matchup? And I came to a movie we haven't talked about yet, ninth seeded Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Eight nines are supposed to be toss-ups, and I think Return of the King is going to get absolutely blasted against Batman Begins. Um, like I know which way I'm going. I, you know, I, I like Return of the King and everything, but Batman Begins is definitely my favorite of Bale movies. That's an awesome movie. I think Return of the King is in some big trouble there. Um, and, and, you know, again, just to reiterate ones that I thought were seated too low, North by Northwest and The Natural, I, I you know, I, I do get it that those aren't in our franchises, and so maybe that's why they um, were seated too low, were seated low in my estimation. And I have to give credit to Jordan for mentioning First Contact, and he had the exact same thought process that I had, that Star Trek Three is a seven seed, First Contact is an 11 seed, and Final Frontier is a 15 seed. There's four spots in between each of those seedings, and I don't think there is equal distance in quality between those gaps of movies. I think First Contact belongs closer to Search for Spock. I think Search for Spock may be a little high at the seven, but again, giving a little extra weight to the Dorkfest franchise movies, I'm totally okay with. Um, yeah, great job. And I, I agree with I agree with Gabe and that Blade Runner isn't one of my favorite movies, but I was surprised that it was left off the list. The other sort of like sci-fi movie that I was surprised was left off was Terminator. I think I thought Terminator kind of fit into this pretty well. I was again not one of my personal favorites, not gonna end up on any of my top ten lists, but I was a little surprised not to see it end up on make a final cut i uh, want to agree back with you there again josh it's happening a lot this podcast this is cool where yeah i thought terminator that might have seen inclusion i'm glad that has something too but i also want to agree with you on just the excruciating choice 8v9 batman begins versus return of the king i know where i'm going too yeah I'm that's I'm not i can't i can't believe dan did that to you i i really like not just that you also saw the 3v14 fellowship versus the avengers which was also not great maybe not worse yeah but, but like i mean nothing we're, like we're gonna have those but like we are is it so i'm not the marvel guy but, but Avengers, the original Avengers, the one that's just the Avengers, I've seen that one, and I didn't really think anything that great about that movie. So, and I think, based on what you all have talked about, that Endgame and Infinity War are better. Yeah, that's all true. Okay, so then, you know, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, Avengers, you know, I'm you, you might be able to part with that one. I'm just being a gripey little shifty golem guy here. I, I, I don't have my precious. And if you guys knock Ghostbusters out in the first round, so help me, I am going to be... I, that is the thing, though, but that is also the, the devilish brilliance of... Just remember movie. that stupid song in A League of Their Own and <laughs> hear two lines of that and you will definitely not vote for that movie. There's a lot of tough choices in this bracket. It's, re it's pretty well balanced and there's still... Everybody's got some... I thought for you, Josh, the toughest choice for sure was going to be um, Field of Dreams versus The Big Lebowski. That just feels yeah, that's I know I, you're targeting us personally over these 
these Batman versus Return of the King, these Lebowski versus Field of Dreams questions. I, I know these are targeted attacks. And, and Dan is right that if baseball season didn't start today, um, when we're recording this, uh, it, it, it might be a lot more, a lot, lot easier of a decision for Lebowski. But that, uh, you know, nostalgic pull towards those baseball movies is awfully strong this time of year. Feel the dreams versus Lebowski. That's a tough one. Just to touch quickly on the Return of the King and Batman Begins battle. I mean, I think that that relates a little bit, Josh, to what you were saying about the Avengers, that like ultimately you not only have the seeding within the brackets based on the quality of the films, but then also with a lot of these franchise movies, you have the separation from films, right? Like with those original, with the, with the trilogy of the, the Lord of the Rings, the original trilogy that came out. I mean, at least for me, and I think most of us would agree that the quality is follows the orders of the films. Fellowship is the best, followed by Two Towers, followed by Return of the King. Now, Return of the King won a bunch of rewards for it, but that was very much a, eh, we probably should have been giving you these two years ago, so we're just going to load you up with them now. Um, so I think, you know, ultimately that's just something, as Josh said, that comes with the bracket. And I don't need to pander to the moderator anymore, but I will, because ultimately he did do a fantastic job in terms of this bracket, because a good bracket should have your slam dunks, but it should also have the ones that make you think and make you contemplate and, and make you squirm a little bit about the pick that you're going to have to make. So I think, you know, that, that really does all that well. Um, in terms of the the seeds were all too high, all of mine have actually already been mentioned. First Contact, Honor Majesty's Secret Service at 12. Apes at 16, I think, is low, but I understand why it's there. Um, and then Untouchable at 12, I think, is also maybe a bit low. In terms of a couple of uh, snubs that I think were left off the bracket, um, Gabe, I guess I'm like the secondary Marvel person here. So, you know, I guess you got that. You're welcome. Maybe. I don't know. Um, think about that the next, next time you're moderating one of these. To me, the one that's left off here, and it might be my favorite of all of them, and that's Thor Ragnarok. Um, you know, it's just such a divergence in terms of the character of Thor, but then also um, a lot of what Marvel had done to that point with these films. Um, and that, that, that's a film like of all the Marvel movies, I think I've seen that one the most times I've, I've you know, seen it three or four times now. Um, and that's just a really, really enjoyable film. Understand, you know, I totally understand why it's left off the bracket. That's a film that two, maybe three of us would enjoy. Gabe, I'm not sure what your father's thoughts are on it. I don't know if he would maybe get, get give a vote in there. There is a Jeff Goldblum um, uh, sighting, if I, if I remember correctly, so that might get it a couple of points too. Um, and then the other one, uh, and this is kind of the reverse of it, I think this one would make it on not, you know, but not get votes from Gabe or 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 your father Chris, um, and that's the 1963 film. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Um, great comedy film that I know at least Dan, Josh, and I grew up on. Um, I again think it's one of those sort of nostalgic films that we remember really enjoying it. Remember laughing a lot at it. We 
you would probably watch it again and might not feel the exact same way watching it now. Um, but I think, you know, throw that on the bracket as a 16 seed and just kind of see what happens. Boy, some fascinating, fascinating analysis there with regards to some movies that were left off and, and some seating issues. Uh, just to throw my little two cents into the dork fest fountain here, uh, Josh, I, I completely agree. North by Northwest is is woefully uh, misseeded in this region, and I appreciate all the kind words that everyone has said about um, about the way the bracket was put together. It, it truly is a, a labor of love for all of us here, and 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 hopefully is going to make for some very enjoyable and entertaining content over the next you know, few episodes, but that happens in these tournaments too. You know, people yeah. whine about how this team got a raw deal. Hey, if they're good enough, they will perform in the tournament and advance anyway. And, and uh, let's see if North by Northwest can do that. And it will have to do so against Dr. No, but I mean, you know, to, I look at the way, you know, North by Northwest as a 13 seed, you know, that puts it below a 12 seed in Air Force One. That doesn't feel right. It puts it below an 11 seed in Star Trek First Contact. That doesn't feel right. And it puts it on par. The other 13 seeds, The Natural, good movie, very enjoyable movie. But The Force Awakens and Octopussy and Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint and James Mason on the same level with Louis Jordan and Kamal Khan in Octopussy, th- that doesn't that doesn't quite feel right. So I, I, I think I I think I that was a, that was a swing and a miss on seeding North by Northwest North by Northwest there. But again, that you know that goes back to that, that like that's a movie that you know we enjoyed watching growing up and is a fantastic movie, but it's not necessarily like a dork fest movie. And I think that got baked into its low seating. Now, the other side of this equation is, I think, in looking at it retrospectively, and this is interesting because, Josh, you made an antithetical point to this. I think Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, is woefully underseated as a seventh seed. I mean, you look at Star Trek II gets a one seed, and you talked about, okay, so all of a sudden we got, you know, four gaps in between Search for Spock and First Contact and, and Final Frontier. But then on the front end of that, you got Rathacon as a one. You got Star Trek four as, as a four seed. And so all of a sudden, okay, it, so is, is Star Trek three really three slots, three seedings, and, there, and therefore 12 to 15 movies worse than The Voyage Home? Like, probably not. Um, you know, that, 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 that's tough for me because it puts it below films like Ghostbusters, Casino Royale and Endgame, which are all great movies, but in the realm of Dorkfest, is that fair? And it puts it on par with movies like Toy Story and The Man Who Would Be King. Now, and those are two movies we haven't really talked a whole heck of a lot about. Those, those feel like two kind of outliers. You know, The Man Who Would Be King gets points because it's Sean Connery and it's Michael Caine, and that's phenomenal. But like, I would rather watch Search for Spock 98 times out of 100. When when put up against the man who would be king, so like that doesn't quite seem fair. And maybe I was trying not to front load with Bond and Trek and Wars in in the top twenty movies, and then put everything else below that. But in looking at Star Trek Three, that felt like uh, okay, maybe maybe that got a raw a bit of a raw deal. God's holy trousers, Dan. Uh, man who would be king is a ridiculous movie, but. 
it's Connery and Kane being epic for three hours. It's it's unbelievable. And Plummer. And Christopher Plummer is, is fantastic as well. Um, so yeah, maybe I was wrong that Search for Spock is is fine where it is or could have been bumped up a line. I think maybe I think maybe Return of the Jedi at five is a little high. Um, you know, I feel as though Endgame at six is high, but I'm not the Marvel guy. So, so you know, don't really, you know, that argument doesn't hold a whole lot of water. I love Ghostbusters. I think that's kind of right where it belongs at six. Um, yeah, you know, Man Who Would Be King, you're right, it's kind of, it's kind of a niche, a niche pick. Um, we've got another another one like that that, I'm just running down a list here. There's a movie I'm not sure we've ever talked about on the podcast before. Silverado is a Western that, that we all kind of like. It's a 15 seed. It's going to get slaughtered by A New Hope. But we all really like that movie. Kevin Costner, Kevin Klein, Danny Glover, Jeff Goldblum, the, the aforementioned. Um, just, just some delightful movies on here, Dan. I'll just throw out two that I, you know... Two that I would have thrown into the soup here that to your Silverado 15 seed point probably would have just been bottom feeders that would have been picked off in the opening rounds. Uh, the Born Identity made the cut. The Born Supremacy did not. I think that's the best Born movie. Uh, but The Born Identity was the first one. It set the standard. We've talked about this on prior podcasts because The Born Identity was one that I included in, in the My Generation podcast that was doing what we wanted Bond movies to do. And so I rank it higher, you know, for that reason. But I, I really like The Born Supremacy. I think that's the better one. Uh, and The French Connection is a movie that was also part of the pool that we had considered and, and ultimately opted against. But it's Gene Hackman. It's, it's Roy Schneider. It's, you know... New York Cops, uh, you know, that, that, that's a good movie. It's a little bit of a, a rougher movie than I think, you know, our, our Dorkfest tendencies um, tend to lean. But, that, you know, those are two that I probably would have thrown in there. But again, you know, at most, those are probably 14, 13, 14s that probably don't make the cut. And I just want to quickly circle back to the 8, 9, sort of 7, 10 conversation. And you guys, and I'm certain that you don't think this for a moment, but if you do, um, you'd be crazy to think that when seeding, I didn't put certain movies against one another on purpose. There are absolutely uh, moral dilemmas, mental quandaries, matchups that I don't actually hope you lose sleep over, but if you did, I'd sleep a little bit better knowing that it did cause that kind of enjoyable anguish um, because that's what this is all about. I mean, we're, you know, you look at some of those matchups and, and they're brutal. I mean, we talked about what, you know, big, you know, the big Lebowski going up against field of dreams. I mean, yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how Josh makes that choice and Gabe, to, to, you know, some of the superhero and the Marvel movies, you know, that's not necessarily like I've seen them all one time through. I've seen Endgame and Infinity War a couple of times, but for the most part, I've seen them once or twice. Like, but I know they're good. So we're going to kind of seed some of them a little bit higher, but I'll be damned if I'm not throwing what I think is a really good 
11 seed in there against, you know, an Avengers Endgame at a six seed. So yeah, there, there were some deliberate Scroogle situations throughout the bracket. Yes. Another tough Marvel matchup is an 8-9, The Living Daylights against Iron Man. I'm genuinely not sure which way Gabe is going to go there. Uh, neither is Gabe. No, uh, <laughs> job well done, Dan, for real. And, and uh, both in the bracket and, yes, uh, causing us to only mildly lose a little, you know, a couple minutes of sleep over these questions. Uh, it, uh, it has certainly happened. That's really messed up, Dan, actually. You're certifiable. Um, no, I, it is lovely to see um, some perhaps unexpectedly and perhaps unfairly high seedings, considering that, yeah, that by far and away, I'm the Marvel guy on this podcast. But um, uh, it is good to have a little bit of support there. And, and Dan, if you seeded these this highly, you either you, you like me, you really like me, or you just had a really good impression of those films the first time you, time you saw them. And, and maybe they do deserve their high seedings there. Well, but, and I... And I think to the Marvel point, because there were a lot of Marvel movies that were on our initial list of, let's say, 125 films that did not make it. I mean, Black Panther's one, Jordy threw out Ragnarok, um, you know, but ultimately, like, I really, really like Infinity War and Endgame. I really enjoy those. I think Guardians is phenomenal. And yeah, like somebody mentioned earlier that maybe that's a bit high at 10. It's a bit high at 10 because I really like it. Um, you know, and the original Iron Man is like, you, you know, that, that's the born identity, you know, gets in under the born identity criteria. It's the first one. It set the stage for these 25 movies or whatever it was to come. And so as a result of that, like it gets, it gets higher billing, but again, where do you draw the line? Like I enjoy it. And I know Gabe's the Marvel guy, but like in the dork fest kind of movie realm, how do you sort of balance that versus, um, Versus in another eight nine matchup, the Spy Who Loved Me, you know, the Spy Who Loved Me is is the highest rated Roger Moore film, and it's a nine seed, which means if it gets out of the opening round, it does so on an upset. It's paired up against the Sting in an eight nine matchup, and the Sting is not is, is again also like that's that's a dork fest genre movie, but not one of the creme de la creme against not necessarily a dork fest movie, but a really damn good movie with Paul Newman and, and Robert Shaw and, and Robert Redford, like, but again, like it's the spy who loved me. It's Roger Moore. Okay. Like it's as good as Roger Moore gets, but like, how good is that? So it, it, you know, that, that balance of good movies that we enjoy versus dork fest, good movies that we enjoy because like we've always enjoyed them. It will be a sin if the great Henry Gondorf does not advance in the Fleck Gondorf region, where he is. This thing is safe. So say goodbye to Stromberg. And Dan, I may have called you certifiable a moment ago, but I think, you know, where I do have to sing your praises, and you were kind of talking about a second ago, is that ultimately what makes this bracket so enjoyable and so frustrating is that it balances both the dorkiness and the quality, right? You have, and I think like, you know, you kind of started this conversation by talking about the Star Trek two, Star Trek six, Star Trek four, Star Trek three 
you know, disparity in terms of rankings. And you have there like, okay, well, partially that's impacted by those are all really dorky films that we all really enjoy. But then you also have films like The Sting, you have Jaws at a high ranking, not only because those are movies that are in our dorky universe, but because they're also just really, really good films. Um, so I think, you know, when I look at the bracket as a whole, it definitely leans dorky, but I'd call it more of a 60-40, 70-30 split in terms of, you know, kind of balancing the dorkiness with the general quality of films too. Well, gentlemen, we've covered an awful lot of ground and and I appreciate everyone's thought and input and and enthusiasm behind this project because I, I think we've set the stage for something really fun that, that's going to foster over the next handful of weeks. We'll talk again in just a moment about kind of how that's all going to break down for our listeners, but I do have to award the final three points in this particular Dorkfest, the podcast. And for the three-point question, I am going to give the final three points to Gabe because I think Gabe offered up the movies that most belonged in this tournament that were ultimately snubbed. And by that, I mean, he mentioned the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, Rise, Dawn, War, that one of those should have probably been included, and Pirates of the Caribbean, which I think in retrospect is the most glaring omission. We had discussed offline that a Harry Potter movie probably deserved to be included, but Harry Potter's got eight movies and to pick just one is a lot tougher conversation than if you were to say pick one pirates movie that belongs because the pirates conversation is simple it's the first one the curse of the black pearl and that's it conversation over so i i think gabe's thought there that that movie should have been in plus planet of the apes earns gabo the three points and this initial Dorkfest Movie Madness Podcast Victory. In the spirit of the Marvel movies that I think you just gave me the points because I didn't try to add one in my list. <laughs> but I can do this all day. Well, congratulations, Gabo. We'll, uh, we may have to try and keep cumulative score and award the ultimate, the one dork to rule them all over, oh. the, course of, over the course of this trilogy podcast series. Was that for shifty? Practice, <laughs> yeah. A sly declaration of new dork fest. The podcast <laughs> slid into a list of old safe stuff. Yeah, way to go, Dan. So Gabe is our our temporary champ. We'll see if he we we'll see if his crown can hold as as we move through. Now, to yeah. our listeners, in case you missed it off the top, how this is going to work? We've we've broken down the bracket again. If you'd like to take a deeper look at each of the regions, they're all going to be posted on our Instagram at Dorkfest underscore podcast. So go check them out. You'll be able to you know fill out your own matchups and see which you know movies you thought got snubbed and how you would play out the rest of the bracket. Our next podcast in this series is going to be the reveal of how the field got from sixty four down to sixteen films. So between now and then. 
The secret voting is going to take place, and I will reveal to the dorks how we got from 64 movies down to 16. We'll get their raw reactions. That's going to be interesting because when those matchups and those winners are revealed, I suspect we are going to have some very heated conversations among the dorks. That's going to be a lot of fun in part two. I suppose it's only fitting that that should be the middle since isn't the middle episode in a trilogy usually the one where everything goes to you know what and I suspect that we could have some some very heated dorks the next time and then of course the warm and fuzzy the finale of our trilogy in this series will be crowning a champion we will do that live on the air we will go from 16 films down to the one with a live vote among the dorks to crown that one film to rule them all but before we say goodbye on this episode I need a pick, gentlemen. You've seen the bracket. You've had a chance to mull it over. So simply put, for no pointage whatsoever, just simply your gut reaction when looking at the 2021 Dorkfest the Podcast Movie Madness bracket, who you got? Jordy, who you got? Easy. Empire. He says without hesitation, it's Empire. Gabo. Are you going with a number one seed or do you have an underdog possibly pulling an upset in 2021? To draw again from my Marvel parlance, uh, I think Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, is inevitable. Gabe will take the number two seed out of the Danil region. He's got the Undiscovered Country upsetting the last crusade at some point in there and slipping past from Russia with Love and Back to the Future. Jordy, meanwhile, believes that the number one overall seed in Empire out of the Binky region, he would take it from his own region. He's got Empire going all the way. Pasha, who you got? I've done a few of these like mock brackets. You know, I've tried to guess like which one of us would vote for which and which ones I personally would want and you know trying to throw upsets in there and every single time i have come up with indiana jones in the last crusade so that's my pick i i i think the stars align for sean and harrison ford boy that is fascinating we've got josh on the record with last crusade the number one seed out of the daniel region and we've got gabe on the record with the number two seed out of the Daniel region in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. If I were to throw a, a fiver down in Vegas on one film for my Who Do I Have, I'm going off the board. I'm going to make a shifty selection out of the shifty region, and I'm taking the number two seed, Jaws. I think at the end of the day, the dorky movies, when put against one another, I think they're going to cancel each other out. And I think Jaws is that shifty pick that really toes the line between a dorky movie and just a really, really good movie. And when faced with having to make that choice, do I bump Jaws versus a dorky movie? I think it's going to be really tough to oust Jaws. I see Jaws going the distance. Devouring the competition. <laughs> So on the record, I've got Jaws. Gabe on the record, he's got the Undiscovered Country. Josh has Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Meanwhile, Jordan, he goes with the number one overall seed. He's not, he's not cashing in big in Vegas with that front runner pick, but 
the binky, we'll see. He could be the one coming out on top. We will find out in the coming weeks which is the one film to rule them all as we work through the 2021 Dorkfest the Podcast Movie Madness Bracket. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on this latest edition of Dorkfest the Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you enjoy your podcasts, be it Apple, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, please follow and connect with us on Instagram at dorkfest underscore podcast, where you can check out each and every one of the four regions in our movie madness bracket. Next time, we'll take it from 64 films down to the sweet 16. Until then, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay dorky. <laughs>